calling the dogs with Chansey and Chi, and my God, did I have a great time. That, yeah. was, the most, that was the most fun I've had in a long time. <laughs> Just, uh, holy cow, man. I mean, it's tough to describe, but by God, I'm going to give it my best shot here in just a second. But, man, did you we were, – we were both very confident coming into this, this weekend, and we talked about that last week. Yeah. And it's hard not to be. But, daggum, did you – could you have ever imagined what we just watched? No, 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 I couldn't. Um, we've been burned too much in the past. And, and honestly, this is the first time – I mean, the best way we were sitting around watching it and <clears> – <throat> The best way to describe it is this is this must be how Alabama started to feel whenever you know that 2010 2011 season whenever things really really started to turn and they became you know the dynasty that they were for a decade. Um, I'm hoping that we are chipping chipping down on that dynasty if you know what I'm saying. But um, yeah, I remember I just vividly remember you know they played there were several years they played Clemson to start the season neutral site. You know, they played Florida State one time, just beat the brakes off. I think they – did they play Oregon one time? Anyway, they, they have just beaten the brakes off of teams year in and year out in this first game. And don't get me wrong, we've won a lot of these big neutral side games, but this is the first time that it's been like this. This is the first time it's been a 49-3, to a 46-point win over the number – quote-unquote number 11 team in the country – that's a that's a pretty impressive feat. Well, and you you have to put that in perspective too. We we stopped scoring points in the third quarter. <laughs> we did all that. We touched the ball seven times, had seven touchdowns uh, before we kicked a punt. And if you go back and watch the broadcast, it was uh, you could hear Oregon, what was left of their fans cheering <laughs> whenever the punter came out onto the field because I God I didn't even know if we were going to see him even get get a chance to kick the ball, but. I mean, just to come out, and Kirby talked about it too, wanting us to come out aggressive and just not come out complacent. And we did that, and we everything just clicked. I mean, and really, offensively, it there what it could not have gone better. I mean, there was a couple drops. Like if we had to, if we had to pick a couple of things, Darnell dropped one that hit him square in the hands, and a couple of things like that. Um, blocking was not where it needed to be. Uh, for a lot of those situations, um, but guys were just making plays <laughs> the whole game. It was just absolutely crazy. Get those guys. We talked about it. Get those guys in open space and let them do their thing. And my lord, did they did they do their thing? We 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 got a football team, man. This is um, it's 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 funny because this offensive side of the ball, we're so not used to talking so much about this offense. I mean, it's all anybody could talk about. You know, all the talking heads on ESPN and Fox and all that. I mean, everybody's gushing over this offense, but, I mean, the defense played – the the defense defense played really, really well. Uh, and, and I think Kirby even said that it was kind of a bend-don't-break bend kind of philosophy for what they wanted to do, which is similar to how we've played Bo Nix in the past. Just because of his – I mean, the one thing that Bo Nix can do is run out of the pocket. And, in fact, most of the time he runs out of the pocket before he's even had a chance to even survey the field. Um, but he does use his legs. So, I mean, that's something where you can't always attack him. I would, albeit we did it a lot last year. I feel like we try to get a lot more pressure on him. It just wasn't super effective. If you go look at our sacks from um, the Auburn game last year, it really was just a lot of 
I mean, we were still diving after him. It just wasn't the most effective pressure. Um, but we really just we had some. We still had good pressure. It's you don't have to have, fill up a stat sheet to be able to, to know to affect the quarterback. And we still got good pressure. We just didn't put any sacks together. That's all it was. And we got a few t- tackles for uh, tackles for loss. In fact, I thought we had. Well, there was one play, and I don't know if you. I can't remember exactly who it was that that hit him, but. Bo Nix was actually stepping up in the pocket. I swear it was a sack. I mean, it looked like he was down maybe a foot short of the line of scrimmage. Of course, that line of scrimmage line on the TV may not may have been a little bit off. But all in all, man, like initial reaction, this just was one of the most dominating wins in the Kirby Smart era as far as who we played. I mean, you expect us to blank Vanderbilt 62 to nothing. You know, you expect us to beat Missouri every year uh, handily. Uh, this is just one of those games that Oregon, Pac-12, down year. We'll get into you know the rest of the league here at the end of the podcast probably. But uh, you know the, the, who is expected to win the Pac-12 this year lost to Florida, uh, probably middle of the Pac- SEC Florida team. So um, man, it's uh, all in all, this was just one of the most dominated games, and I'm excited about what this means in a lot of different facets. But there's always something to work on. There's definitely plenty, and. But for me, what got me so excited was we were mid-season form at full speed Mm. from the first snap. I mean, just the synergy that we had on offense was just – it was the synergy that we saw last year on defense. (laughs) It was Mm. like this game. And and here – and let's – so before I get hyperbolic uh, on on this – I want to say nothing is ever as good as it seems and nothing's ever as bad as it seems. So let's just let's take that into consideration. This was fun. I had a great time. We are not going to do this every game this season. Something you just – I mean, we, we could, but I, I truly feel that this – we saw like we had the perfect storm of, of a lot of things happening to and get And we have no game. clue how good Oregon is, truly. Correct, correct. And, and so they have a lot of guys coming back. But just like we talked about last week – they had a lot of talent coming back, but they lost a lot of talent. They lost a lot of talent. They got a lot of transfers in. They don't have that synergy that we have created and, and what you're seeing uh, from a lot of moving pieces. And Dan Lanning, first year as a head coach, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but I sure do because I drove out to Oxford, Mississippi to get my tail handed to me and at that Ole Miss game in Kirby's first year Kirby's where we were, year. Yeah. we were getting just – we got ran out of the stadium. Literally, I left the stadium right after halftime because I couldn't deal with it. That was – I had flashbacks to that game for, for Oregon because you were looking at those fans and they were like, what the hell just happened? Had a yeah. guy behind had, – had an Oregon fan in front of me and behind me. And, I mean, they were – I mean, the guy just – he he didn't have words. He didn't speak the whole game. And, and you could – I mean, you couldn't. There was nothing you could say or do. But saying all that, it was so – it was just such a fun game to watch, to see our guys having such a fun time executing at such a high level. We had a bunch – we had some penalties. There were some penalties that were atrocious that got called. But – we just we had some dumb things like penalty wise and little things to clean up, but offensively, man, you couldn't have told Stetson nothing. I mean, he mm-hmm. went he. If you had a doubt, and if you've had a doubt listening to us since we've been talking about it, 
hang it up because good lord i mean he went from why are we putting him on the field to now he's he's nipping it he's nipping at bryce young's heels in heisman conversation it's the stupidest thing <laughs> that i have ever seen but he went he was lights out in the in the way he was throwing the ball he had, there was some zip there was just the and the guys were catching it in stride that that the the the, the uh the ball that he put to Kenny over on that left sideline. Yes, that- <laughs> I was. A little, I was like, when you, start, I knew you were about to bring up a, a specific pass. I was like, please tell me it's the exact same one. I'm, where he kind of lofts it over the defender. Yeah, on that left sideline and just hits Kenny in full speed. He never has to skip a beat, and and just to watch watch him the. Uh, the way he was just in sync with the guys, he commanded the offense. Um, just, just incredible to watch, and, and that that gets me excited because that's what Stetson Bennett is capable of with a full off season as at the helm, yep. and three years under Munkin, who now we've seen that we must protect Munkin. We must. <laughs> he's finally hit his stride, the play calling. It really wasn't that crazy, like what all he was doing. And, mm-hmm. and like just nothing was too great. But we were just executing it so well that it looked, it just looked foreign to us because of what, how well guys were, guys were doing. And uh, and not to mention the, the giant, the giants we had at tight end and, and how, Darnell hopping over. Anyway, it was just we had everything in this game. We didn't have a kick return. Karras almost took it back to the house, but we didn't have a kick return uh, for a touchdown. That's about the only thing we didn't have <laughs> in yeah. this game. So anyway, just just so fun to watch. Man, you talked about uh, the the offense looking so foreign. Man, I mean, Chancey, it was a uh, it was only four years ago that it was extremely foreign. Uh, in in the under the Cheney regime, uh, you know, on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball, we. Was that that went in four years ago? Yeah, Monken's first year was twenty twenty, right? So yes. this is his third year in the season. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean like yeah, okay, I guess about four years ago. It's um, you talked about Stetson, man. We we can't talk about him enough because this game was the culmination of all the work that he put in, his maturation as a QB, and him just showing that I do have this ability if you just gave me time, and. I think he shut a lot of people up because, you know, going into that weekend, I mean, Chancey, I mean, college football, I mean, I love that college football is expanding to different days of the week. But Thursday night, you know, we had the backyard brawl, you know, the Penn State versus I mean, Penn State, Pittsburgh versus uh, West Virginia. And, of course, JT Daniels is the, the transfer quarterback at West Virginia. And he played he played well. He didn't, he didn't play, like, incredibly well, but he played well enough for – some people to be talking and, and saying some dumb things. And, you know, of course, all these people are – there's a lot of trolls on Instagram that were posting, like, stuff that's like, uh-oh, like it looks like the, the the hot seat is back for Stetson or something like that, like joking that he's going to transfer back to Georgia. <laughs> you know, just ridiculous stuff. And, man, did he shut everybody up. And you had guys, everybody from Kirk Herbstreet to, like, Colin Cowherd talking about, the Heisman watch for him. And you're talking about whenever he, he had it. There was a couple of drops, like you talked about, by receivers. You know the rest of the incompletions were? I I don't think he missed. I don't think he ever missed the entire game. The other, the other incompletions were all throwaways. So if you're talking about, like, literally taking out anything that's not him, an overthrow, underthrow, missing his target, whatnot, he was 100% pretty much. 
I'm 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 at the point where Stetson is playing. He played in that game, and if he plays that same level, there's no way that we're not going at least going back to Atlanta. There's and of course you know you don't want to get ahead of, too far ahead of yourself. But if he missed, he missed by he missed by an inch or two. Let me back up real quick. You talked about that specific throw to Kenny. Also, we'll get to Kenny here in a second. That's my boy. No, I'm I'm letting you have all that's, of Kenny. That's my boy. <laughs> Told you I ain't gonna shut up about him. And he and he he showed out for old Chi. But the throw. He was thinking that, about you the whole time. <laughs> he really was, man. I I need to meet that guy so I can just feel like Kenny, you're my boy. But the the throw that Stetson had. And we can kind of get into some another thing here shortly, but like the throw that he had, where it was—I don't know if he was scrambling much, but it was kind of like he checked through three three guys on his progression, and then AD—I mean, they've got a connection, man. AD comes back to the ball, but he throws it to where it's like close enough to either Darnell or Brock. I can't remember who it was that was that was crossing, but I was like. Oh dang it! He overthrew him, and all of a sudden, AD comes into the frame. And you know, you watching live looks different, but we like we're not even we couldn't even see who he was throwing to. I was like, oh, that's a bad throw. And then all of a sudden, AD's like, boom, got it, first down, gain of twenty five. Like what? What these guys are operating on a level to where they feel like I mean, I, they're in, like in each other's brains right now. It's incredible. Well, and and, and like I said, in, when I was watching that play, that happened the way the camera was was focused that focus that was how I was seeing it happen and th- just the velocity that he had on his ball so like that ball in particular mm-hmm. and some of those passes I was like holy cow he is he is some things have changed in the offseason too cuz he he's not throwing it like he was and so he has really focused on his form and his technique and footwork and all that kind of stuff is just going to a new a new level but I do I want to talk about receivers real quick because you mentioned AD, and it was like I was having like little Pickens flashbacks dur- during the whole game of just the trash talking when he goes and put does that first down yes. and holds it over that guy's head and knocks his helmet off. I was I was screaming. I was so excited just to watch. I mean, just rubbing it in his face. Hey, BDE that, baby, BDE. That's that, it. that that touchdown catch that he had. On the in that the the far side of the end zone, that last touch. I mean, what that was unreal. Talking about a connection between them. I mean, you could hear it when you go. When I went back and watched it, you could hear it hit. I mean, obviously they had the mic close to him, but you yeah. could hear him catch it, and it was just it was solid. And just I mean, it was uh, it was just it was beautiful beautiful to watch. And I'm excited about what they're going to do this season because guys are going to try to cover them, but the our white knight, Lad McConkey, <laughs> is <laughs> is just a freak, dude. I mean, went went nuts the whole game. Had a rushing touchdown, passing touchdown. Had some almost had almost had uh, three touchdowns on that long pass. He was a half yard away from getting it in the end zone. And I want to back up and say Oregon couldn't tackle us for anything. There was nothing they could do to get us on the ground. No. Uh, so that won't happen for the rest of the, all year. The, what we saw there, but um, guys just guys just showed up and showed out. I mean, it was it was it was awesome. The receivers just did a, and Kyrus had a couple catches. I mean, uh, just the that 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 synchronization that we got to see between Stet and those guys, and 
getting those yards after a catch and, and those kinds of things, and Kenny being very much a part of that receiving core. I mean, we pretty much turned our run game into the short pass game during the – I mean, that's really what it ended up being. So getting – even Kendall got into some, on some of that. And so we ran the ball. I mean, Kendall had 50 yards rushing. I don't even know how many Kenny had. Kenny had like, what, 118, 120 yards in the air or something like that. Yeah, he had yeah 117 receiving. He only had 18 on the ground, which I thought he had more. But you're talking about, like, being elusive. I mean, both Kenny and – and AD, too, but both, especially Kenny and Ladd, I mean, those guys are going to make people's tackling rates, you know, miss the missed tackle rates. The missed tackle rates are going to go up. The actual tackling rates are going to go down. There's um the the, the play where, where Kenny, he caught it one of the plays, and then he made two guys miss, and then kind of was, like, still spinning. He just spun mm-hmm. halfway down the field. <laughs> And, and and the thing about Kenny is that's I mean he's on pace for for what well I mean he kind of is but I mean you at season preview I said Kenny I'm gonna put it I'm gonna say he's gonna be 1500 uh, passing and rushing combined and um you know one he basically he's got yeah about yeah 130 135 looks like so I'm I'm still extremely high on Kenny. I think he can be the every down back. Kendall, did he look, he looked slow on the TV. Did he look slow in real time? Well, compared to everything else that was happening around him, yeah, he looked looked a little slow. Um, I think he, he didn't get a, that one touchdown that he had and and because. He could have made it to the pylon. And he like cut well, back. and I and I said it as soon as he did, and he was, and that was that was the end zone farthest away from me, and I was like, and I literally just yelled, "Keep running!" I was just like, "Don't stop!" Like, why would like I don't know, because you go back and look at the angle, and you're like, "Man, he could have he could have caught he could have made that happen." Um, well, I don't blame him for. I mean, that's that's an instinctual thing. I don't blame him for trying to cut back, but it's also like that that kind of shows me even if it's subconsciously that kind of shows me that he's not quite his confidence and his I don't know if it's just his knee or what but hey he's he does not look as quick I think is probably the better way to put it like maybe if he got going down the field top speed maybe the same but he does not look quite as quick now I mean he had that one play where he you know they could have had him in the backfield he made a move and whatnot and I mean he just was not being pursued like SEC, SEC defenders are going to pursue him significantly better. I mean, South Carolina's defense is going to be better than Oregon's defense. I'm pretty confident in that. They've got all they had. Did did we even hear Soul's name? I mean, the guy was pretty much non-existent. Gosh, how many? How many? He didn't even have. He had three tackles. I'm just not convinced that Oregon. They talked. I mean, they had that Justin Flo kid and that Soul Soul guy who you know we recruited both of them. They were they were playing two different sports. They looked their defensive backs looked small and slow compared yeah. to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it, it, to, to your point on Kendall, yeah, it didn't have his. He, I guess when everybody else around you is is clicking on another in another stratosphere, mm. you, you tend to stick out uh, to a degree. I don't, I wouldn't say I think Quick's probably a good way to to put it. I, that was not the offensive scheme that Kenny or that Kendall's going to survive, like thrive in. That's that's yeah. not really the his mode. Uh, Kenny, on the other hand, that is, I mean, we we know what his bread and butter is. That's it was what it, everything that happened on Saturday. That was his bread and butter, and so it, 
really for everybody else, it, it, it showed it. And Kirby even talked about it. He says, when I want people to look at UGA, I mean, it, that was a, that became a recruitment. <laughs> that, that, that game ended up becoming like a recruitment highlight reel. I mean, he, he wanted to be able to take – and he even talked about it, like I said, after the game. He said he wants people to – when they see University of Georgia, they want to come play on our offense. And and that was a big deal to him. And that's what it ended up being. I mean, we, we really showed out and, and put put some of that to rest that can we – can we play that type of offense, a high-powered offense? Dude, and he's it, always playing chess. We, we've we lost out on a couple of big-time uh, receiving uh, recruits, uh, receiver recruits. And, I mean, now, I, lost out is a, it's a relative term. I mean, nothing, nothing, honestly, even after the ink dries, it really is not done until they show up on a campus. I mean, Roquan Smith is, is evidence of that, but – we lost out on. Uh, th- there's been a couple of recent commitments from you know four star uh, or actually I think one of them was five star receivers that didn't go our way. So I mean it's like yeah you you go out there and you have a quarterback who throws for 370 yards in one game against a top 11 opponent in the country. Yeah, I think he was trying to make a little bit of a statement. Also, I mean, hell of a game plan. I mean, there's no reason not to throw it if it's wide open. How how often were we wide ass open in that game? That's the thing is that. I don't know if it's just because we – I know we got better players, but there wasn't – the sk- scheme was allowing – like, Lad – how many – Lad was literally sitting on the uh, – he would he would either curl on the 10-yard line or he would run a post route and, like, sit in that open zone all day. And then, of course, that, that crazy Johnny Manziel-esque play where he was just literally sitting in the end zone. I mean, we're talking about this is just another level of offense. And – Let's just not get too carried away. I, I I'm with you on that. Well, I, I also don't want to make. I want to make sure we enjoy it. Like I want to enjoy what we watched on Saturday. Yeah. I don't want the team to enjoy it. That <laughs> I want them yeah. to move on to the next thing. Uh, but but I think we we wanted to make a statement that we were here and 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 we have we have a lot to prove. I I wanted to th- I wanted to throw this to you. What what did you think of our um, what did you think of our offensive line? What was your assessment of the offensive line? Uh, well, um, there Stetson they gave up, I would say probably three or four, not great QB pressures. Um, nothing crazy. I mean, I don't think was Stetson even sacked. I don't think he was. I mean, I thought all around. I think our offensive tackles, both of them, should be all Americans. Well, at least at least one of them, one of the two, but both of them at least all all SEC, uh, like first team. Broderick and I mean you know how much I love McClendon. Um, Van Pran is Van Pran did give up a bad a bad pressure one time um, I remember vividly, uh, but other than that I mean Van Pran is about as solid as I get, and uh, you know we swapped guys in in those guard spots especially and we moved guys out to the to the outside uh, a few times as well I think Trust got some some reps at left tackle. Truss is the is the guy I don't want to be outside at all, but he played pretty well. I mean, I've I've been you know on his ass since since the beginning. I mean, he's just not been a great player on the outside. But whenever he moved inside, I mean, he's just such a big body. The guard position, you you're working with a much smaller area. You know, I mean, you got a guy inside of you and a guy outside of you. So you, I mean, if you got a body that can already feel and doesn't have to. Doesn't have to move quite as much. You're gonna play better. Trust. I thought played well. I thought Tate played well. Um, 
I mean, I would at least give them an A. I mean, it was just a solid performance across the board. I mean, the only play I can think of that was just really, really bad was whenever Stetson had to make that circus play and throw it to Ladd in the back of the yeah. end zone. Well, I I guess my thing my thing with the line, I think they did play well. There was that, that Ken, Kendall's touchdown. They were in the backfield as soon as he got handed the ball. Um, there's a couple – we didn't run the ball a ton, so you couldn't really see the run blocking and what that's going to mm-hmm. look like. And I think – I think we ended up doing a lot of the passing because of how we're, we're testing out our line. But a lot of those quick throws, getting it out of Stetson's hand, you just – it didn't really – we kind of covered up any 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 major issues that we had with that. I mean, Stetson never held the ball very long. There was, he, didn't, he didn't drop back a ton. I mean, he was just getting it out of his hands quick. So, I, I, th- I think we're yet to see. I mean, I, I think we got a lot of guys. I think we're still trying to figure out who the – what the – what the uh, who who are the main guys are and what that starting lineup is, but I was happy to see we were able to move move everybody around and get everybody some playing time in and kind of figure out who goes where. Um, but I still think we're yet to see where our line is at line is at overall. But it was just it it, it was something on my mind. I, we had a few um, we ended up having some big plays off of us kind of talking about the Stetson touchdown and, and Kendall's touchdown on some, on some blown blocking and, and not very good blocking in those situations. But uh, the guys still were able to make our playmakers just kept making plays. They just, they could not be stopped. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It was just, it, it was, it was awesome to awesome to watch uh, that, that offense was top, top notch. Well, I mean, when you're essentially, Moving the moving the ball down the field at will. I mean, you're there's just not a whole lot to worry about no, as far as you know. I mean, we were passing so well. I mean, pass blocking is is you know in theory is easier than run blocking, but it's uh, it's just because it's simpler. You know, run blocking is very different in this day and age, especially in the spread systems that we have. But the man, how about let me just shifting gears here. I, I'm kind of with you in the. I mean, I'm not. I think the jury's still out on how good our offensive line is going to be, but I still feel comfortable with how they played uh, last Saturday. Um, the let me let me pose a question to you. How about our freaking safeties, man? <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> Playmakers back there, baby. I mean, just that. Uh, that. Uh, that. I was I was just Malachi. He was locked down. I was he was he was locked down the whole game. I mean, yeah. he looked like a, a veteran out there. He looked, he looked like he'd been playing college football for three years. He really. Did. I mean, not not to mention I mean not to mention the interception, but in he was in guys' face the whole time. Nobody mm-hmm. was getting nobody was getting getting past him. He he really did. He came up on he came up and and helped in the run. Uh, if anybody was, I mean, he and and whenever he his coaching, I think. What the way that Kirby has one talked about and how I've read where he's been treating him in practice kind of thing, Kirby is attached to him just like he was Richard LeCount. And what he's trying to do is have a better version of Richard LeCount in Malachi Starks. And I think Malachi, I mean, Richie played a little bit as a freshman, but Richie never, Richie literally did not. <laughs> Okay, let's. I'll put it this way: Richard LeCount did not look like Malachi did on Saturday until like his junior year. I'm serious. Like this <laughs> yeah, is it's, it's a good crazy. way to put it. And, and he looked so mature out there, and obviously he's a 
he looked like an incredible athlete, had that crazy interception, but I think his discipline on the field was probably more impressive to obviously the coaching staff, but if you're paying attention to how he played, and he didn't he didn't even start, you know, Dan started and then he got subbed in there. And uh, I like Dan. He's fine. Uh, but we know he's not a long-term solution. Malachi comes in there, and it's just an immediate change of, 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 of just aggressiveness in the backfield. And then, you know, they tested him. That's why he threw that ball down the field. He thought, oh, I can get away with this. It was also a bad throw. If he throws it three feet past, like, that's an easy catch. And, and the guy would, could keep running. But at the same time, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't a terrible throw. It was close enough to where Malachi was like, he was playing the defender like he's ghost to do, and then he he saw the defender. Literally, he watched the defender's eyes go up for the ball. He twists around, finds it midair, slant pulls it down. One of the more incredible interceptions. And Chris Smith said that. Chris Smith said that was one of the best interceptions I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and and if Chris Smith, after the way he played, if he had that that reaction, man, Chris Smith was he was on fire that game. I mean, he was everywhere, laying licks, had the just the flashback interception against Clemson, same exact deal. Um, I even saw it too when they when they did that because earlier, I, get, I don't know if it's the same drive or the drive before. They did the same formation and they went to the they threw the screen. So they did four. They sent four out wide. They had a bunch and they sent four out wide, mm-hmm. and they sent it to the the, the deep guy. They they threw a screen to that guy, and then. They did the same thing, and Bo goes for the pump fake. I mean, they, I mean, it was like I saw it, and they're like, they're. I was, uh, I was like, they're going downfield. <laughs> they're, going, they're not going to throw the screen this time. And um, Chris read it like a book. I mean, it was as soon as as soon as he started moving, um, he. I mean, he he just. Oh man, he he did he was it not dancing. look so much like the. The pick from Clemson. That, that's what I'm saying. That's saying it was yeah. it was like a flashback. I mean, it was seeing it in real time. Sorry, was, I didn't know. I, I was I had a text. I didn't know if it, I was reading. That. I'll say it again. I'll say it. I'll say it again. Say it, it again. It was, <laughs> it was. But he and and defensively, overall, I was impressed with just we we had some of that. We were figuring out a lot of that. But having what you're talking about, having our DBs and having, I mean, Keeley had a good game. I mean, all we just locked it down and. Um, and like you said, we still got pressure on the quarterback, but Bo didn't really hang on to the ball very long either. I mean, they were getting the ball out of his hand relatively quickly. That was we the only just... way they could move the ball down the field. Right. They weren't getting yeah. anything past uh, the, the – the honestly, I would say even just the 10-yard mark. There was no downfield passes whatsoever. But Bo was also – he's fidgety, man. And it, these, these announcers, commentators, or whatever, they're going to keep talking this guy up, and I just do not understand it. This guy is not – an elite talent. He just is not. I mean, I he's the he's an elite talent like I don't know, like TJ Finley is. Like TJ Finley's not like he's just not. He's just another Auburn quarterback I thought about. Or like uh Calzada, you know, <laughs> they're on the same team now. But like Calzada at Texas A&M, I mean, he beats Alabama and it's like this guy's a god. <laughs> like no. Like this guy's just an average quarterback. Stop it. Just stop it. Uh, well, everybody loves the the Johnny Manziel esque, the guy that runs around about the same yeah. size, and they like the everybody bought into the Auburn his story, and they they, they that was a that was a ESPN like special. They they love that they love the the 
the storyline and bullshit. everything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had he had PTSD during that game. I mean, he, sure did. Like he was he was talking about flashbacks. He was having flashbacks, and um, just to we have his number. I mean, it doesn't matter which. And we we talked about it last week. You you reemphasize that as you do every year, which I enjoy thoroughly. And I was so glad we got to get it one more time and just just make a mockery of him because that that pick by by uh, Chris was um, it was a great pick on his part. He read it like a book. It was a terrible throw. Like it should never have happened. And uh, yeah, but he but he. But he made a play on it, but it should just you go back and look at it. Just an awful throw, and uh, but it, it was good to see uh, that we still had Bo's number, no matter what jersey he's wearing. Man, you're talking about reiterating it. It's just like I I don't really have to. He does it for me. <laughs> I mean, every time he goes out there, you know, I I don't know if you. I mean, we were talking about it in the in the in the preview episode. I was just like, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And I feel so confident saying that. Like, I'm not the kind of guy that, that puts a, a comment out there where I just like, eh, it's, like, we don't even do, like, score predictions on this thing, right? You know, I'm just not one of those guys that's like, ah, I don't want to be snake bit by this. Like, it could be bad. No, I was so confident that Bo Nick starting was one of the greatest gifts that we could have going into this first game. That, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I was thankful. I was thankful he was back there. I don't know who else would have been the guy. I mean, he, he played the whole game. So it's not like they thought, oh, we got a guy on the bench that could play better. I mean, once you're down 38 or, yeah, 30, 35, 35 to nothing, I mean, you, you pretty much are done. I mean, 35 to three, I think, is what it was. So, man, the thing is, so let's, let's back up here real quick and just, like, just talking about individual players. I mean, real quick, I mean, guys that, like, weren't, Exactly. Now I'll say this: these are guys that 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 did not have big games statistically, but if you go watch the game, played really well in in role role areas, right? But you got an All American tight end and Brock Bowers, and what did he have? Two catches, crazy. Yeah, thir- no thirty no, th- something yards, something like that. No no touchdowns, but you go watch Chancy. Have you seen the video? Georgia football, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. They put it out. And it was from the end zone perspective of the first touchdown of the game where Ladd did that, like, oh, super sexy, like, short reverse thing, right? And he comes around the end. Brock Bowers is in the background. But in the foreground, and this is from the end zone perspective, in the foreground is AD. And AD looks back. He sees Ladd. Ladd coming. (laughs) And he throws his dude on the ground. And and the defender is trying to get up. And he pushes him, like, five yards out of the end zone. And I'm like, man, that was an awesome block. I watched it again. <laughs> and I ran it back. And Brock Bowers is in the background, which he, when you're watching the actual replay, you can see this even better. But Brock Bowers is in the background doing the same thing to this guy. Like, we've got guys who don't give a damn if the ball's in their hands, and they're also All-American football players. <laughs> Laying it all on the line, dude. Everyone on Darnell did the same thing the whole game. I mean... Our blocking on the edge was was, was that, that's why we were able to be so. Kenny was able to do what he was able to do a lot of those times is because, yeah. like you said, AD is fifteen yards downfield, kick, knocking guys, He's kicking that guy's ass. <laughs> I mean, just physical, physical receivers. And uh, I was watching uh, SEC uh, final, and 
I have enjoyed Ben Watson being on there. It's nice to have uh, he, he, he it's, it's good. I enjoy watching him talk about it. But he he was enjoying talking about uh, our tight ends. Just he's like everybody's talking about Darnell hopping over people. He's like those boys were just blocking folks all game. Yeah. They were doing what yeah. tight ends were supposed to do. And my God was and, and that was the thing. That was the buy in. Everybody was bought into what we were doing. Like, it was a team. We're, we were, it's like we are, and like even on defense, we were the bend not break. We they had a lot of first downs, but Kirby said the word. He said opportunistic. We were opportunistic when we had to be to get a turnover, to get the ball back, to do whatever we needed to do. And so that's why you didn't see them score any touchdowns. They might have moved the ball down the field, and this happened some last year. Move the ball down the field, but don't give up the score. That's why they were so pumped at the end of the game when Oregon was trying to score a touchdown, and we we kept them from scoring. Kirby was just as jacked up about that as any touchdown we had scored. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, and to me, that the the intensity and the focus, but just and how we approached every aspect of that game is what gets me excited about where we're going. Not And like I said, not every game is going to be like this. We've had plenty of time to prepare for Oregon. We know Dan Lanning. We know we had an idea of what he was going to be able to do. He was having to figure out his team, not only try to come back up with what he knows about us and, and put together a game plan to do that. He was trying to figure out how to be a head football coach at, uh, at, a, at a Power 5 school, never had any experience with it. And so I think he'll do well at Oregon, but he had no shot going into this game. I mean, we were just he, better equipped. Do you think he knew this was going to happen? I, I don't feel like he thought it was going to be that bad, <laughs> but I think he knew he was running into a buzzsaw. I mean, yeah. because he – the only thing that he didn't know is our off-season, like, mentality and where we were coming off of that – off of that seat, off of that uh, championship win. But, my God, man, I mean, we – just the ferocity uh, of of how we played, and, and just and everything clicked, everything clicked, and it's, and it may not, and it was a home game, and, and it was a, it was it was a raucous environment. Um, I mean, the it, it was all red and black, and it was nice to have a better memory in that stadium because um, I was getting tired of uh, I was starting to, I was starting to have Jacksonville vibes in that in that building, and uh, but man that. It was just so. It was so fun to watch those guys have fun and just see and see and know that they were operating on a different playing field. Yeah, they're they were they were operating on a in a different universe. I mean, they they were they were on another level that we have not seen before. Offensively, obviously, but you know, you look at the defense, and and I'm trying to think of what I was. Um, I don't want to say disappointed in because I mean they only scored three points, <laughs> but we were opt- you, I think you put it very well. We were opportunistic and and the way on both sides of the ball, honestly. But I mean, obviously the offense was moving at will, had no issues whatsoever. They did have some a period of time where they were moving the ball on us on uh, defensively, but at the same time, we also made so they were driving that one that one drive where Chris Smith had the pick. They were moving the ball pretty well at that point, and I thought, okay, and you know, I don't think we're going to get in the barn burner, but they might drive down and at least score score a field goal right here. I feel like once they get into that red zone, man, you know, we we stout, we get real stout. I mean, we buck up, but the 
thing is, that's what this whole defense is is built upon, is making sure we create havoc one way or another. And whether that be a, a, a pick, pressure, sack, a strip sack, whatever you want to call it, it's just the way that they have designed this defense, is, it allows for so many different opportunities to, to create create a turnover uh, or create some pressure that creates a turnover, you name it. And I love I love what we have defensively. Uh, uh, for the most part across the board, I thought uh, Munden, I thought he played really well. Dumas Johnson was kind of quiet, but he, you know, he still is going to be, he's going to be that middle linebacker. He's going to be that leader. And I felt like he still played well in that role. I mean, the only guy that I saw that I was like, damn, like the whole, almost the whole time. I say this, Chris Smith, I thought Chris Smith played the best on the defensive side of the ball. And then Jalen Carter's obviously got to be number two. <laughs> and it's and it's not like that guy has any like eye popping stats. Let me, I mean, his just just go watch the game again. And yeah, I mean, watch, and watch him the whole time. The havoc. That, so he only had one tackle. He had one tackle. I guess they counted that one play where he threw the guy to the side, and then I don't, they may not even counted that because he really. I think Bullard uh, came in there and, and finished that guy off. But what he does inside, on the inside of that that interior defensive line, <laughs> creates so many different ways that the outside guys can get to that get to the ball carrier or to the to the quarterback and all that. Man, also oh, we hadn't even talked about Mikael Williams. He started the freaking ball game. We had a true <laughs> freshman starting in the defensive end position. Man, that was awesome. Or defensive end. I don't know if he's. I guess he's defensive end. He's not a. Yeah, he is a DE. He's not mm-hmm. an outside linebacker. Just, just, and then we we're back in our mode of rotation and guys. We we a ton of guys got playing time, and we were really getting a lot of we were getting keeping guys fresh, and I, I I was just so I was so excited to see young guys get out there and and have an opportunity to play on a stage, play on that stage, and, and be a part of a uh, of that game when man, every everybody was doubting them. And they just showed up. Everybody's like, they lost all those guys. And a lot of those guys were like, hey, I was a part of that team too. And I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, yeah. I, I, uh, I made, I made some plays. And, uh, so we got a lot of guys. I think there's going to be some names that are going to pop up. And, uh, we, we didn't really, uh, we talked a lot about Nolan last week. Nolan didn't have any eye popping, uh, stats or anything. We were, I was excited about him trying to get a, few sacks on bow going on the outside but uh they really game plan to try to stay away from our our rushers our edge rushers and and to get out get get bow out on the perimeter have some 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 bootlegs and things like that and some rollouts and um which limits your which limits your ability to call plays and limits your opportunities whenever they do that but just trying to protect bow and so that was their game plan was to keep him away from that, to keep him away from the chaos, which then allows our speed guys to do their to do their to do their worst. Right. And so when we get into those red zone situations, our guys are just faster and better than yours. And so <laughs> you're not going to be able to get the ball into the end zone. Uh, and so when that field gets tight, and like I said, we 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 gave a lot. But if I look at that offense, I can give up some field goals. I feel real good about it. <laughs> so if we got teams putting up nine field or uh, nine points in a game on field goals, I've got no problems with it because we've got an offense that's probably going to put up more than nine points. So uh, 
even on a bad day. So, I, I, and I, and this defense is only going to get better once they get to know each other even more. And so, at first glance, was we were super excited about it. But at the same time, I think people are going to have to get their get their expectations in line when it comes to this this defense. We are going to have some points scored on us, and and so that's that's something we've got to get we, we've got to understand and be okay with. We can't. We're not going to have shutouts and zero touchdown games mm-hmm. like we did last year. Last year, you have to treat last year as as an anomaly. You have you can't you can't. When we were getting the guys were getting first downs, like we were getting first downs this game, they got like they you got that's going to happen. That's football. Yeah. That's just the way that works. Uh, so don't freak out. See how the guys do when it comes when, when they're getting getting into the red zone and getting further down the field. And look at how many – look at that uh, touchdown percentage in the red zone. That's what really is going to show how, how we are performing and are we, are we preventing the big play. And, um, and it's an aggressive defense, so we're going to have a few big plays uh, – have a few big plays get past us. But um, I, I'm excited to see them grow and, and mature as we go through the season. Yeah, that's actually something I was I was just thinking about. And I was going to bring up is is I'm I'm very thankful we had this Sanford game in between the Oregon and and, and South Carolina game just to kind of shore some things up. But uh, let's I'm gonna just tell you right now what's the biggest difference between this defense and last defense. I mean, you can in last year's defense, you can obviously look across the board. Who do we lose? We lost, you know, eight and at least an all SEC talent at every level of defense, and and. For the most part, every level, multiple, all the CC talents. The biggest thing, the biggest difference between last year's defense and this year's defense is that our every single one of our middle linebackers last year could easily get pressure on the quarterback. We had so many interior design, excuse me, designed for the interior blitz plays, rushes, whatever you want to call them. There, there's just. A lot of unknowns about what I mean. I think Munden can be can be a great inside linebacker. I think Dumas Johnson can too. But did we see any of them come anywhere close to what either Quay, Nokobi, or Channing did as far as getting that? I mean, shortest you know shortest distance between two points straight line, right? It's got to be like that if we're going to beat the the bigger teams. And I think if you're talking about like okay. Teams are going to score points on us, guys. I mean, hate hate to tell you, we're we're not going to. I don't think we're going to struggle against South Carolina, but they're going to move the ball a lot better than Oregon did. I think that Oregon team is. We're gonna. We're the the Pac-12 is getting already getting exposed. They moved basically the entire Oklahoma team moved out to Southern California. So who knows what that's going to look like? They obviously won against some no name last last weekend. Um, I think the Pac-12 across the board is just really, really bad these days. And they have no reason to be good. And now they're trying to join the Big Ten. <laughs> and it's the Big Ten the Big Ten should rethink this whole thing. They really should they really should. I mean I understand like there's some sort of market out there, but if you're bringing in US USC and UCLA, it's just like dude, did you see the US UCLA game? Did you see the Rose Bowl this past weekend? No. They claimed that they had like twenty four thousand fans. I mean, there was maybe ten, maybe ten thousand people there. I mean, the and, and the only reason I saw this is somebody posted it, you know, on one of the twitters or whatever. But it's just, it's just so sad, man. And it's, I, I that West Coast football and 
us being on the East Coast, and it's like, all right, you got to stay up till ten thirty to watch one of their ball games. I don't care. Nobody cares. And this is the the East Coast, and obviously the the Midwest and 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 the Southwest. I mean, that's that's your market. So you're working within basically for the most part two time zones. That whole entire western side of the United States, they're just missing out on really good college football. Um, it's 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 funny because this team is so good, and we played probably a, a, a team that may could have been maybe middle of the pack SEC. So we don't know. We just don't know. But right now, all I can tell you is, despite how good Oregon is, and we we won't know how good they are until they play a quality opponent. That's you know quality for them, <laughs> you know not not <laughs> not us, not compared to us, you know. So a, a, a team they can actually play against, um, you know, until they do that, we really don't know what we got. But man, I can tell you right now, we're gonna find out real quick in South Carolina. Uh, it's gonna be despite a noon game, it's gonna be it's gonna be a raucous environment. So um, I'm looking forward to that. But man, I don't know. Is there anything we 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 haven't covered uh, as far as I mean we, I know we've kind of gone across the board uh, different different players I thought Keeley what did you think about Keeley's performance I know you kind of mentioned him briefly earlier but I just I, I thought I thought he had a good game I thought he um I, I thought he played well uh, like I say nothing didn't let too much get by him I mean I think there was a couple I can't remember how many catches he had on him um, but I didn't think he had. I didn't think he had a bad game. I thought he played well. I was kind of surprised with how little. I mean, Zion Logue had zero tackles, and I, I, I think he started. I can't remember if he started or if, uh, if it might have been Walthour, uh started, and he. I thought he played pretty well. Where's he? no? I'm sorry, Stackhouse. Stackhouse is 78, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, so I mean, he only had one tackle. I don't know, man. It, it was just kind of a weird game defensively. I mean, it just didn't feel like it was one of those things that, like, like Bo Nix made stupid decisions left and right. So it's just kind of like, you know, well, how effective – were we more effective or was he just really bad? Right. And and so I think that's that's where I'm kind of – you kind of have to hold your reservations for everything, like the the game and the um, like their offense and the defense because you just – you can't – can't base it on like when a team is just not it's like that Ole Miss team that beat us like whenever we played that team was not like a life-changing <laughs> Ole Miss team it's just you get caught on a bad day everything's clicking and yeah in a raucous environment and it happens so, like I'm not downplaying what we did but uh we're not as good as we think we are and Oregon is not as bad as they they showed up on, on Saturday and, and so uh so anyway I I feel um, – I'm excited. I, I enjoyed this game. I think I'm going to have the week to kind of temper my expectations and kind of get my mind back right. It's like, okay, we, we'll have a we'll have a Sanford this weekend and we'll, we'll see how everything goes there. But my, my, my biggest fear across about this whole thing is now everyone has recrowned us throughout this process. Are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot and get complacent? And we said this coming into the game, and that didn't happen. So can we maintain that? And, and I feel like we can. I feel very, I feel very good about it. I, I, I think there's, I think it's more likely that we maintain this than we lose it because of just what we saw. Those guys holding each other accountable to playing at a high level. I feel good about that. I, I, I feel like 
our chances of success there are, are higher than, than, than not, which gets me excited. But that, that thing that can always creep up in the back of your head and say, we belong, we've earned our, we've earned our spot. We've earned all the hype. It's like, are you going to believe the hype? Or are you going to go out and execute? Like I said, said it last week, they execute. Yeah. And so well, can we do it? Can we do it this week? Well, you saw me. We today we we jumped to Ohio State to, to mm-hmm. move number two in the country. And and, and they people, I, I don't really understand. I mean, I, I actually like a lot of people hate the preseason thing. Um, I kind of like it, and, and and I know I'm I'm maybe I'm a traditionalist in all this, but I kind of like it just because it kind of gives you an idea of. I mean, it also it's not like if everybody played. And there was no numbers besides names. It, like before, you get to the CFP playoff. Uh, you know the, the 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 first rankings in the CFP, which is what like late October. Is that right? It's like like early mid October. Yeah. How do you even know how good a team is? And and that's my. I mean, well, I mean, I know it's a little bit arbitrary, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, you know, Oregon is expected to be the number eleven team in the country and at least play like it. So. You know, and and if that does, if there's not a number next to their name, you know, how do you how do you really build a resume as a team and beforehand? So I think it's actually important to have that going into it because I mean, even even when this that committee meets for the first time, it's like, well, like if they didn't have any kind of rankings to go off of initially, it really would just be kind of like we think Oregon's good. I I don't know, but they look like crap. So like maybe we just don't. Let's not give Georgia any credit, you know. Let's put them in number eight, you know, like that. It, it, that's the kind of thought process I have in it. But at the same time, it's it is still a little bit silly. But man, um, all in all, just a really really good performance. A lot of fun. I told, I remember telling my brothers that that Michigan Michigan game last year was one of the most easygoing watching experiences. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just we were up quick. I think it was twenty-one or nothing within a quarter and a half. Uh, this game very very similar. You know, we we hit 20, 28 to three at halftime, and you just felt like we were just had all the momentum. There was no way we were going to relinqu- relinquish that. So I'm I'm uh I'm happy with the performance. I, I let's I agree with you. Let's try to avoid uh, complacency like it's the plague. Well, um. Real quick, uh, we didn't even talk about talking about this, but uh, we did get some news drop on Friday that uh, there is a going to be an expansion of college football to twelve teams, uh, possibly as early as did they say twenty twenty four? Yeah, I think I think, I think is so. what I, I, which, I think so, which is more than likely going to happen because they're going to want that sooner rather than later. Uh, initial thoughts? So stupid. It's so dumb, Chancy. I get it. It's all about the money. It's the almighty dollar. And 12, I'll put it this way. 12 is the number where it's going to shut everybody up, I think. I think. Now, they may start crying. There may be like a, eh, number 16 needs to be in it. The the There's no such thing as parody in college football right now. I'm sorry, but this is not the NFL. Uh, and maybe it's gonna get start to get that way with NIL stuff, but people think this twelve team thing with with people thinking teams thinking they have a chance. I literally listened to a podcast that people said this. They, it's it's good for the sport because teams think they have a chance. 
Well, you saw a preview of it last Saturday. That's number 11 versus number 3. So, I mean, it's, it's almost the exact same, you know, situation if they were to play a, a straight-up, you know, 6 versus 6, right? So, if they were going to play the number, you know, 11 team versus the number number 2 team, I guess that made sense. But, so, you get a little bit of a preview. Obviously, there's, there's, there's three teams, in my opinion. I, I didn't even have to watch a game last weekend to know that Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State are, are in a different level. It's it's all about recruiting. And so I, I, I don't know. At this point, I'm just – it's it's this I, – I feel like if you go watch the uh, – if you go back and look in the college football playoff history, every time – almost every year the semifinals are a bunch of crap. Like they're just blowouts. I mean, you get the exceptions. Obviously the Rose Bowl in 20, 2018, right? So that's one of the greatest games we've ever seen, right? But then you look at the majority of them, and they are blowouts. And I just can't really understand. I mean, I know there's more viewership. I know that there's more more uh, TV deals. I know that it, it, there's just more money to be thrown around, but it's just going to end up being the exact same as it would be if they were playing, uh, I don't know, the the last game of the regular season you know, against these opponents. It's just it's, it's – it, I thought that an eight team would probably be best, and that would be basically the five conference champions and then three at-large bids. I thought kind of made sense, but you can't really – I don't know. The 12-team the thing to me seems like it's it's we're moving in that direction of the, the – everybody gets a participation trophy kind of thing, and, and that's, you, that's how you I could, feel about except it. You, except you could still get mauled. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> for, for you your little participation. <laughs> so, I'm going to take the. I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm going to take a different approach here. Uh, college football, and, and I think we have been a little. We you have can been disagree little, with me. That's okay. Well, no, I'm, no, I I, I agree with your points, offended. but I'm 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 bringing up a different a different perspective here. The because I thought the same thing. I'm like it's it's getting different, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like you know. The whole game is changing, and and it was so fun this weekend to just all weekend long. I didn't think about a single nil deal. I didn't think about a single transfer. I didn't think about any of the the junk. We just had to play football. We just had to watch. We just, our teams just had to go out there and play. And we, it was it was kind of like things were kind of a little bit back to normal. And it was like we're, all right, we just need to play and get rid of all this, this stuff. And I've missed that from bowl season. I've missed I missed what bowl season used to be. I missed what the postseason used to be. That is gone, and I don't know if I don't think this brings it back. But I think what these games do, and and you're right, it may just be three rounds of just crap before we actually get to whatever it is that we we have to have, uh, or two rounds of crap just to get to that. But I do think what it will keep. It will, guys will have you'll have more opportunities, and this is just selfishly from my perspective. You won't have guys as many guys sit out for their last for their last game. You're going to see guys. You're going to see some games that mean something to these guys. So guys are going to leave it out there, and yeah, there's going to be some massacres because we've seen that's what happens for a lot of these a lot of these teams. But to me, it provides a different, a little bit different perspective. So I, I don't think it's going to because college football is already changing. I don't think I don't know if this is going to fix any of the problems, but I do think, especially in its in its onset, like the like I was thinking about it, 
And I was like, if we're in that, say we win the SEC championship or whatever it is, and then we get a first-round home game against like a, um, you get like a Penn State come into town and come into Athens and just get a game like that on, on uh, I don't know, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to think of some matchups that would be mm-hmm. like something that gets you excited and comes into Athens and something that you weren't expecting at the beginning of the season. When I'm thinking about it from that perspective, I think it does give some some other guys, some other teams toward the end of the year, people are still going to be – it's still enough spots that people are still going to be clamoring to try to get to. It's like the only way I can get in is if I win my conference. So I'm going to fight to win that game. I'm going to fight to win that – to win that – it gives some credence to the, to the conference championship games as well, which make those a little more exciting too. So there's, it gives you a little more excitement toward the end of the season because sometimes really what it's come down to is a Big Ten champion and an SEC champion to figure out who gets those two spots. And then you get the um, – then you get the uh, – is there going to be the – is there is there going to be the outside the outside team that gets in and all, a lot of that conversation, it, it you kind of clear a lot of that up, but to me I'm excited about some of these matchups. A lot of them are probably going to suck, but they would suck either way. So it's kind of like let's give some opportunities to give to maybe try to bring a little bit of pageantry back into it. Yeah, there's going to be the TV deals. Yeah, there's going to be all this stuff, but I'm like if I can if I can get some fun matchups out of this, that's about the only thing I can get left. Like that's about the only thing that's going to come out of this that gives me that, you know, this this could be fun because when I watched the games this weekend, there was a lot of fun games this week. This was a great weekend of yeah, college football. It really was just 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 a great opening weekend. Uh, that Florida State FSU game uh, or LSU game was just wild, just crazy, just a crazy way to, to uh, a game on a Sunday. Um, and just those kind of matchups, that's what we have the potential of having to get some of those opportunities. And so, for me, that's what I'm. That's what I tried to see looking at this uh, when I thought about the 12 team because it's a lot, and that's going to change how regular season works and all this kind of stuff because that does add so many games. So something will change in that regard. But uh, but anyway, that that's kind of where where I landed on on the 12 team. Now you bring up some good, some good points, and you know I I think that the biggest thing that I mean the number one thing that you said I thought that was important was it it really does kind of give a little bit more uh, credibility to the bowl season, and it, it basically changes from everything besides the New Year's Six bowls mattering, and even like partially the New Year's Six. I mean, how many teams? I mean, how many guys set out? Regardless, I mean, of, of where they were playing, if they were outside of the playoff, you know, if, if the Fiesta Bowl was not a, 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 you know, playoff game, you know, there was guys like, well, I mean, what does this actually mean? And it used to be where the Fiesta Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or Rose Bowl or whatnot uh, was all just like, that's all that mattered. And, you know, sometimes, and back, you know, way back in the day, you didn't know who won the freaking national championship until afterwards when all the you know media guys got together and like, all right, looks like it's Alabama again. You know, that's why do you think Alabama has so many national championships? I just um, it just sucks because I I, I like that aspect of it. And look, am I going to watch these games? Absolutely. If Sanford has a playoff game in Sanford <laughs> Stadium, are you serious? Like that's awesome. That's a that's a great environment. How late? I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. I know college football. There's so much money tied into it, 
But how far into the spring is this thing going to end up going? And that's my question. Like, are we going to, not in the spring, but, I mean, like, late winter, I mean, are we going to be, like, going, playing games until the end of January now? Is that how it's going to go? I mean, it, they haven't talked about what it even looks like, but they have to have some sort of idea of what it's going to look like for it to yeah. for it to pan out. So I have no I have no idea what shape this takes, what changes about preseason. But there's been the talk about if you if you're going to because if you have this many games, the potential for this many games, do you take out one or two regular season games to to kind of open that up? And so are you? cutting off like we're playing Sanford this week. Does Sanford are they missing out on the money that we are giving them by them coming in to play this oh, game? Oh, this is de- absolutely going to kill some some uh, uh not not just football programs, athletic departments are going well, to Right, cuz they cuz a lot of a lot of programs this is what keeps them alive are these these games mm-hmm. that they come in and, and do this. And so that's what supply all these these athletes with with the, their their opportunity. And so how do we manage that? What what comes what comes from that? So I have no idea what it's going to look like, and something will be different about how we look at college football after this. Four, Fourteen playoff, it doesn't really change anything about what we do. Uh, it really didn't. It just made, gave us more stuff to argue about, more slots to to get ticked off about. So, uh, so but twelve, I thought was an aggressive jump. I was kind of like you. I thought eight. But then at the same time, you kind of start hinting at it. Eight just gives you more problems because it's just enough spots to where, like, everybody gets a participation trophy. But, like I said, it does bring some some credence back to this conference championship game. So it kind of gives – so some people were winning their conference championship game and it wasn't meaning jack to to them. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, for for them it meant a lot, obviously. But you don't get the chance to – whether you deserve it or not, it just didn't get a chance to, to, to go for that. So it's going to change our sport, but at the same time, I think it there, there there's going to be plenty of pros and plenty of cons out of the whole thing, and it depends on how they shake it out because now we're going to be getting these super conferences. So, I mean, how does that play into all this? I mean, it's it's going to get it's going to get interesting real fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting is is. Putting it lightly, we're um, who knows, man. The future of college football, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being just destroying the sport, and I also wouldn't be surprised if it ends up saving the sport. I don't, I don't know, man. It's uh, I thought the twelve team, like like I was kind of alluding to earlier, at I thought I think that twelve teams is really a good number to make everybody happy. And uh, you're right, because if, if it was eight teams, everybody be clamoring for, oh, you know, it should be 10, should be 10, should be 12. But I feel like 12 was like, ah, you know, 16 is probably too much. <laughs> I, feel, I don't know. I mean, you never know. But the thing is, once people see the product of this 12-team playoff and they end it ending up being Georgia versus Alabama again, again, what are we going to think? You know, is this going to be, or or is it going to produce in the first year, you know, or so, is it going to produce a few upsets? And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if it does, but it's not going to be. Right, you, get, you get the right matchup. You get those, you're, you're going to have, I mean, you have those flashes of a, of a, uh, of an or of a Oklahoma versus Georgia in a Rose Bowl or something like that. There, there's going to be some of those that happen, but, 
especially at 12 teams, like if we were playing, you just look at what the number three team versus the number 11 team, just like what just happened, like you talked about, which would kind of be a first round of the playoff (laughs) type of game uh, if you're looking at the numbers. So I I don't know. I'm not not 100% on what what it'll look like, but with that many, I, I think they, somebody, Joe Clatt or somebody did it, they, they they looked at how many teams would have been in the playoff since the playoff started or how many have been, and it was like 10 or 12 different teams have been in the playoff since it since the whole thing started, and it would have been like 41 different teams would have been in the playoff if, <laughs> if it had been a 12-team playoff since the beginning. And so, like, I mean, thinking about like a Wisconsin being in there, like that would be fun. Like a couple of these teams that have been on the fringe. Would it though? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> somebody to just, talk about. When I like, think about Wisconsin, I'm like, man, that's a team that wins a. They go down to Florida and win a Florida Bowl, and that's like their Super Bowl. I mean, like Wisconsin is a good program. Don't get me wrong, historically solid, and I like Wisconsin. I mean, they're one of the greatest uniforms in college football. I'll put it. I'll, I'll say that. Just simply not gonna compete. They're never going to compete. It's going to be the same end product. It, what all this is doing is make is appeasing people at the front end, and and it, that's fine. And it, maybe it creates some more drama. I'm gonna watch these games, like I said. But is uh, what what matters is it does it matter if a guy if a team won, like literally like a no name, not even a bowl. If they if if they won, I don't know. Let let me just uh, say Penn State. This is I think this is actually a matchup this year. Say Penn State beats Auburn in like the first round of the playoffs in Auburn or whatever. That's great. That's awesome. You know, like that's a hell of a place to win a, a football game. Dogs do it all the time, but like not everybody does it all the time. But all right, that's great. And then they go on to lose the next weekend. You know, who cares? Who cares that they beat Auburn? It does. It means literally nothing. I don't know. I, it's just well, I you say know. that, but like for us, that Rose Bowl means something to us but it don't mean shit in the in the grand scheme of things yeah but that was it was the rose bowl though i don't know it it just makes like if you're talking about like having a playoff game that's the same setting as like essentially a regular season game you know i don't know it just i maybe i'm just being attached too attached to these bowl names i don't know but like the rose bowl used to mean something to win to win oh yeah oh and and even if it was a playoff game it was still like oh we won the rose bowl we have a trophy that says rose bowl champions on it you know and and i and i'm I'm agreeing with you but the way that the the college football landscape sees the bowl games now they're not Mm -hmm. attached to it because it's not it's not the whole thing and so you've got you somehow have to bring because i remember like you said growing up Going to a Sugar Bowl, going to one of these games was a huge freaking deal. And it was that you were so pumped to play in that game, even when you didn't. Like when we played Hawaii and we won that Sugar Bowl and we wanted to be in the national championship, we were still, like at the end of the day, we were like, we got that Sugar Bowl. We earned that Sugar Bowl. That meant something. And But the way that it's changed now is it it doesn't mean – when it doesn't mean anything to the teams, that's when it like – that's when it changes. Like yeah. you, they, they don't because I'm the same. I'm the same way with you. I I will cherish that Rose Bowl trophy forever, and, and what we got to experience and what got to happen in that Rose Bowl trophy means a ton to me. But for the and I think it does for the players too. But like in the grand scheme of things, does it 
does it matter and and to the to all these guys and and, and so it it's it's all about perspective and all about where you're looking at it but that's where for for me you have to put the you have to somehow get the 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 um the gravity of the game you have to build it back up you have to build that like it's got to mean something and unfortunately the only way that any of these games are going to mean anything if it's about getting to the big one because yeah. even even just hope at getting because think about what those two weeks are going to be like for that Penn State team that beats Auburn on the road and then goes to whatever the whatever the bowl game is then they travel to their to their playoff game or whatever whatever it is uh, you see what I'm saying they get that opportunity and yeah. it doesn't fix any of the problems that you're talking about but to me that if, if that's the only way we're going to give these give this postseason what it means because I still enjoy bowl season, but I get so tired of, and like I said, this is all selfish, and I don't blame guys for doing it, but I hate the first graphic that comes up is who's not playing. Who's and, it's just like, and, yeah. and it's just like, I don't, I, to me, it's, and like I said, it's all selfish. I want to see these guys, and a lot of them are in their last game or potential last season, see some of these amazing matchups before they just get into the grind of the NFL and you don't see these guys anymore. And so that, that's my only that's my very optimistic hope out of this whole thing yeah no that's this has all been been good dis- discussion and honestly you you've made me think more about it and and appreciate what they're doing a little bit more i mean it's well, it's all a it, money grab and so like like, like yeah. let's just be clear but it's <laughs> it's all a way to get more more money and and to yeah. get more tv deals and that kind of thing but i still think there's some opportunity I, I just think that it just scares me that it's just like, okay, look, you know, you can have all these bells and whistles all you want. You can make more money. Fantastic. Does this actually end up doing, and it may, it may very well do this, but like, does this actually end up doing what you want to, it to for the sport? And, and, and I'm actually, I mean, I'm all about like what they were talking about, how this gives a team a hope, a hope, like, you're talking about like the underdog story kind of situation. I mean, that's a lot of fun. I mean, we saw that growing up a lot more in the BCS because it wasn't like, okay, the top two teams are the two teams that play for the national championship, but we have still have something to play for, right? And I don't want to go back to the BCS whatsoever, but you know, it made it to where the, the Fiesta Bowl between Boise State and Oklahoma, like that Boise State team who – started that season had no chance to be beating a team like Oklahoma that year who was a very very good football team they go in there razzle dazzle lots of just magic on the college football field and win that football game and I literally like I'll never forget watching that I have no ties to Oklahoma or Boise State could not care less about those programs but man I was watching that football game and if it ends up being like that with this new playoff, then great. That's fantastic. And honestly, if that is exactly what I, as a as a fan, I want to see. Like I want to feel that attachment again. Um, but it's not. It's definitely not a foregone conclusion for me. Uh, but I I I think you've made me feel a little bit more hopeful about it. But we'll see. I mean, let's see what this that first year is going to bring. I I I just don't feel. At the moment, I just don't feel super comfortable with it. Yeah. Well, it, it completely changes the sport that we – and like I said, this was such an incredible weekend of college football. And it's it's if you can't watch this 
if you can't have an appreciation appreciation for sports and watch what happened this weekend in college football and not say this is the greatest sport there is, you just I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it yeah. because this was this was amazing. It was just an incredible week of, of college football, and uh, I love this I love this game so much. Obviously, we could sit here going late into the night and just rambling about it as hard as we possibly can. And, uh, but it, it was, I'm just glad football's back. Quit the pontificating. Let's just, let's just play ball and let's, let's enjoy, like, while we have college football the way we got it, let's enjoy what our guys are doing. And, and dogs just, just, you know what? I'm probably just going to go watch some highlights again after we, we hang up and just, just enjoy it. I've been doing that a lot in the off season. I've had a lot of highlights to, to enjoy. And, uh, and, but there's a lot more to, there's, I think there's a lot more to see this season. I think we're going to have a few more. Yeah, I agree. I still hadn't had a chance to go back and watch the full game, uh, yeah, and you know, full full replay. Uh, but man, it's uh, it's 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 a good feeling. Domination's a really good feeling. Like we said, this is like, is this what Alabama feels like every year? If so, then I'm glad we're feeling the same way. But uh, man, it's um, uh, good start of the season. Got a cupcake here this weekend. Um, I, I'm not gonna be able to to go. Are you gonna be there? I will be there. I'm gonna be in a wedding. I don't know why. I don't know why my my friends decide that they want to get married during football season, but happens too often. Happens I, way I, too often. I don't understand it either. Uh, fortunately, uh, my I think uh, our wives understood and just knew that that was just not an option. Yeah, it wasn't even. It never never was it a never, conversation. It never, <laughs> it never it never came up. Not one single time. So I said, if you want anyone to be there, including me, then you won't do it during. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be during football season. So, and it's funny too because even now she'll complain about if somebody books it, and it's not even that she wants to go. She's like, "Why would you do that? That's just a dumb, just a dare, terrible move." I'm like, "See, <laughs> see, what, see what I'm saying?" To, but, to me, it's like you know, it's the whole argument of like, "Oh, so like we're not impor- as important as the." It's not about it be, who's more important than than the football game. It's that you're you're asking people to be not be distracted. They like you're basically saying like prioritize me all the time on this day where there's like not just like Georgia football going on which is obviously a big deal and people pay a lot of money to have their their butts in those seats on on game days anyway we could we could talk about that that topic for a don't long get, time don't get me revved up don't get me but, revved uh, up. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're gonna be there. Are you gonna be. Uh, you gonna be sitting outside in the in the heat, or are you gonna be sweeting it? Yeah, I think I'll probably be in the heat. Maybe uh, might end up in the sweet toward the end, but who knows? We'll see where we'll see where the wind takes me, or I'll just go back to Bulldog Park and just <laughs> enjoy that. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, whole, that's, it's a whole lot nicer there. I'll be honest. That's one of the. That's a good game to just kind of like go for a half, enjoy it. You know, casually watch it and then go. Get like scoot out of there it's like within two minutes left in the, in the second quarter. That's that's a pretty solid game for it. Well, that might be what's happening, but uh, anyway, enjoy your wedding and I'll keep Athens warm for you. Hey man, I, I live here, I'm sitting in it right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother, sounds good. Well, hey, I'm glad uh, at least one of us is going to be there. Go, dogs. We're playing Sanford. I'm there. We're not, there's no preview here. Obviously, we're at the hour 20 mark we're not gonna be talking about that football game but uh go dogs dogs on top <laughs>